Hi guys, and welcome to this first episode where I do a little introduction to myself. Uh, my name is Joey Tareen, C3P Joe, as on Instagram. I'm a 31 year old uh, out in Tempe, Arizona. Kind of, as you would say, a Renaissance man. Kind of do a little bit of everything for the past over 15 years, been skateboarding. Uh, hardcore, and before that, I did a little bit of fishing up north in Arizona, which is called Prescott Valley, at a lake called Fane Lake. And for some of the local guys to know, that uh, used to hold bass over there. I'm pretty sure it is not anymore, just because of what they got rid of. Uh, some of the certain things that you need bass to survive in or to have. Uh, they got rid of some of that stuff, like the toolies. And uh, I've gone and visited before and tried and fish it. No success. Um, but not to say that there isn't still a giant or two lurking in there. I would say about 2000 to uh, 03, 04, up in Prescott Valley, fishing around for trout, flathead catfish. Um but the one that made the biggest impact on me was the bass. And later on, I met some guys that gave me a first a few couple lures, bass lures. And the first thing that I had was a soft plastic black lizard with a chartreuse tail. And I remember in the spawn that now I know what the spawn is, is that seeing these giant pairs of large mouth, you know, swim around together. And now it's gone. Um. I just remember that they just seem to take up the whole room, you know, the eyesore in the room. And um, after that, came back down, went to high school in Phoenix, tried fishing around the local ponds like Indian Still, um, Anthem, and around there. No success. I consider them as garbage, uh, just how they're treated and maintained, especially Indian Still Park for local guys that know. Um, after that, skateboarding took over, and all the way up, I would say, until my broken ankle injury, um, about 2015, 2016, just couch surfing, eating pancakes every day, Xbox, um, healing up my ankle, came across, uh, Jeffrey the King, or Jeffrey Helmington, on YouTube, Crazy Bass Fisher. I would say that's probably what kicked it back into gear uh, with the bass fishing was not necessarily the swim baiting side of it, more of I wanted to catch a bigger bass. And he was local and seemed like, you know, if he could do it, then I could do it. I was already going around Tempe, riding my bike around you know, whacking them on the crankbait around here and trying to find a five-pounder. And after a while, after a year or two, with a lot of tactical bassing videos and Jeffrey's videos, you know, it was always waiting the next week for the next video to come out and see, you know, what was he fishing? Was he fishing big baits or was he fishing conventional stuff? So once I started making more money at my job, uh, I work at Costco. Um, 
out here in Tempe. Yeah, I've been doing it uh, since 2010 for the last 10 years. Uh, no, for, since 2011 for the last 10 years almost. And um, it's helped a lot along the ways and helped me get a truck so I can tow a little small boat, hopefully in the near future. But started driving around, and once I was able to get a little bit more money from work, I was able to spend my bonus money at the hookup tackle shop. And Carmen and Ben over there are great people. Um, big shout out to Carmen for helping me in the beginning with 316 baits and understanding what a 250 was and, you know, what a bite from a big fish could be, you know, a tick, not necessarily a violent bite, you know, where they pull and practically set the hook on, hook on them themselves. Um, big shout out to her because I've noticed just like in skateboarding, it's a very male dominant, um, sport or, uh, passion, however you want to put it. So I think it's great that she totally nerded out and geeked out, um, with me on it when everyone at work, um, you know, if you're listening, no offense, but if it's kind of like if you don't understand and, you know, you'll never kind of really truly understand it unless you've done it before. You know, it's like me to say about figure skating. You know, if someone was to talk to me passionately about it, I might not be as interested in it after about 10, 15 minutes into the conversation if that's all they were talking about. So I appreciate that of her, you know, geeking out with me. And... um so throughout that time, I either put away the conventional stuff, the great baits or jigs or chatter baits, or I sell them all or I left them all at my grandmother's house and just focused on throwing the bigger stuff. And um, sometimes I would buy cheap stuff and then, you know, gear or baits. And then sometimes I would just buy, you know, kind of just straight huddle stints and uh, work with that. Yeah, I had a bait smith and I had no idea about swim bait underground at the time or how to go to bed about it legitimately. It seemed like at that time bait makers were kind of popping up or starting to come up on Instagram per weekly. And um, I remember I just had no success, you know, some a little bit on the mag drafts, you know, six, six inch and... Um, and see what other baits, you know, the storm swim baits, a little three and four inches. Those were their beginning baits I started off with. Great baits, too. I found out that they make um, a nine-inch version of that. So I like how it sets up in the water. And for local ponds, you know, they just seem to love it and practice, you know, your hook sets on your uh, on jig hooks or big, heavy weedless baits. So... After that, I would say uh, towards December 2018, uh, get into January 31st, if you want to just skip ahead. Um, that's when it finally just worked. That day was crazy. Um, everything that I was told or read, you know, did not really play out on how I caught these fish and how it just the thump bite connected with me and how I'm, you know, 
began to understand it. Um, that day, I ran into Jeffrey the King for the first time with Tony Marilyn, I think, um, in the back over by Canyon. <clears throat> and I got in there late, too, and around like 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, not super early, um, which I know now is probably the better time to be throwing bigger baits um, in the wintertime is when that sun probably gets up its highest. Water's still cold, but something with that sun reaching its peak before noon. And um, paddle around, you know, wave high real quick, quick, you know, greet. And I was like, well, I'm okay with this day. You know, I got to meet Jeffrey finally, and uh, I'm just committing to the HUD. And I had the HUD on the guide select with um, 20 or 25 pound of Braze X. At the time, I thought it was pretty pricey line at 44 bucks or higher. Um, after that day, I became a believer in it because um, both of those fish, I felt like dug underneath this motor where I was at. And you can see on the line, you know, thank God I remember the retie after each, you know, fish. And, um, you know, big shout out to Derek, you know, local dude here that uh told me he takes out about either five to eight feet of line just to try to get in that you know sweet spot of like well might have a nick might not it's less of a chance if you actually pull it pull some out um we're in the back over there and the spot that i cast in seemed to be now what i figured out to be a spot on the spot with um hard structure on the bottom you know slope and the crawl of the bait you know was like skipping from cloud to cloud how i was retrieving it um like a tick wasn't even paying attention to it had it had the rod i'm a lefty so a tick hits the kayak rod hits the kayak start reeling up exactly like a senko bite you can see fish taking off with it through the line. Said, this is it. And took two or three cranks into it. And took a guess and took a swing. Um, which is funny because now to get that rhythm or that uh, muscle memory now for me with uh, Senescence or Battle Shads um, is a nightmare. I just can't seem to reel down enough on the fish and just crack them, you know, get a good hook set. Because most of my fish on those baits have come with um, shad splashes and throw it, you know, above the spot where they just splashed at or, um, you know, real close up by the bank they eat it. Um, I've had them eat it out, you know, deep and, you know, or open. But, um learn my lesson not to have a snap with it because that normally bends out but getting back to you know the first pvs you know um on the huddleston that's how it came you know tick uh reel down bottom out um got the fish in the net was completely freaking out just from how long i had gone without catching a fish seeing a fish Anything in the shallows was not showing itself. 
I felt like I couldn't get deep enough with my kayak. And it was a pain in a 10-foot pelican sitting kayak just to um, navigate around those waters and figure out boat position and all the stuff that I know now in the short amount of time of uh, just a couple of years. Um, it's wild. It's insane uh, how much uh, you end up remembering this stuff after watching and reading and talking to guys and listening, um, which is probably the biggest key right there is just listening, you know, because once you open your mouth, you tell the world exactly who you are. So um, got the fit, first fish in, you know, at um, around 3.15, 3.30. Stayed in that spot, made a different cast, hanged out for about an hour or two, and around, you know, 5.25, 30, the next one came up. Um, at that time, I think we were sort of having trout stocks, you know, decent. The last couple of years, it's been rough for Arizona guys to get their trout stocks or find out if they're actually coming on the day that it's scheduled on, you know, on online. Um, and just completely baffled and humbled. Um, I had lost my uncle during that time, um, the week of Thanksgiving, uh, to leukemia and um, just a 15-year battle with cancer. So going to the lake was always, Canyon or Sawara was always like my escape. Um, seeing Phoenix picture and uh, Jeffrey put new videos out, you know, I didn't know where the spots were at and stuff like that, was caring. Um, I had never really experienced that where like you can go to a real lake outside of Phoenix just an hour away. Once I figured that out, I was hooked. And uh, I've gone so many places since then in my truck, you know, just fishing around. And um, it's been great. You know, it'd just be better if I had, like, a little boat. So um, I unhooked them and, you know, took photos. Didn't even know how to really weigh a fish or took a photo right. I knew how to hold them, you know, right and stuff, you know, just don't break their jaw you know once a fish becomes after five pounds i hear um or even less than that probably up to four um down the four you break their jaws because their crunches are you know so strong and muscle that when guys hold them sideways you know and their lip looks all you know bent or their head looks all sloped down and you know weird and um, that's actually hurting, you know, the fish. Um, not that I speak fish, but from other experienced guys and expert guys and biologist guys I've talked to, they have said that. Um, so that those fish uh, came, and then shortly after, I was able to get my first five pounder on the bull wake. Um, pretty pretty awesome bite and then after that you know um i have pictures on my wall of most of the good decent fish that i've stuck for the last year or two um kind of surprised and um quite a few pictures 
that I have up here. Probably in the last, you know, since throwing bigger baits. And it didn't even start out as swim baits. It started out like 10-inch worms and deep diving crate baits and that kind of stuff that appealed to bigger bass and jigs. So um, it's crazy that now it's coming full circle, at least from how I'm explaining it, that I'm not being so stubborn to not throw the jig every now and then when the bite sucks, you know? Why commit when the bite sucks? And um, from Matt Magnone on his latest Cast and Crank podcast, excellent podcast, good episode. Highly recommend you check that out. And um, since then, you know, it's been a grind. Up until recently, I've had some um, success traveling outside of Arizona. But um, those trips like that, I I had been doing for a while. I think that was probably my ninth or tenth trip out to San Diego just to have, you know... um, a successful fishing trip. Um, all the others have skunked or dumped, you know, dumped fish at Murray and not giant like that. You know, that was kind of unbelievable, but that's another, for another episode. Um, I'll probably end it at that. That's the introduction right there. Um, my fishing history and, um, the podcast is why I wanted to create it was to for guys like me who are only a couple years in as I saw it was what in skateboarding has as um, Tampa Am or how Thrasher uh, represents or um, shows off amateur guys you know their footage pictures bios you know what they're about who they are and since getting back into bass fishing this type of technique um, or this chasing after a different class of fish um, has brought me, you know, to many um, wonderful acquaintances and friendships. You know, now that I never thought I would have people out in California or other states where, you know, if they wanted to go fish or hang out and hit them up and they just want to go out and, you know, fish, they're not worried if you go to spot burn or um, cook out or, you know, because you develop a relationship, you know, talking, sharing things and, you know, sharing stuff through the struggle too. Um, so it's been a pleasure and, you know, I can say that everyone I've met, you know, since then and going out to, you know, UFO uh, meetup and uh, Fred Hall and stuff, it's all been great and I'm even more addicted into it now so um what I wanted to do is get guys like that as an amateur level um or guys outside let's say you know fish biologists um to help us understand what might be going on in our lakes and how to chase after that different class of fish um and amateur guys that I talk to online um, or, you know, certain guys that come across um, that were up there back in the heyday um, and kind of disappeared for a little while. And they're just kind of off doing their 
own thing. Um, that's what it's mostly dedicated towards. Um, to get guys, you know, who found their way into it. Like, hey, I used to skateboard or snowboard or um, be in this band. Or I used to work, you know, at this shop. And that's what led me to, you know, hang out with this guy, you know, that got me into throwing this type of style, you know, of lures, you know, for bass fishing. And then it transcends into all sorts of stuff. I never thought that I'd be looking up stuff to fish for Mike muskie, you know. But now now I want a big muskie. So it's a never-ending, you know, roller coaster. Um, and I think that's what makes it so humbling, is that it's so always up and down, it's, you know, ever-changing. Um, so I'll end it at that, and hopefully I didn't ramble on too much and you guys are able to understand me. Um, excited to do the second episode get some guests on here and see what you guys think let me know um, good or bad you know criticism always improves fail your way to success um, I can say that it's been a wild you know month or two in the last year of uh, COVID 2020 so definitely definitely uh, eye-opening <laughs>